I'm Sam. And I'm Dobbs. And this is The Fitness Journal. First question I'm going to ask is, what do you think about uh, motivation in New Year? I think I think it's high for everybody now because it's like it's like you're starting a new period of time, so everybody's motivated to do new things and they got new year resolutions. But that's not gonna last because like it's an emotion you want to do it, but then people are gonna find some struggles, you know, some problems, uh, stress, stress, holding themselves accountable. Mm. In discipline, you know, following the things. What else? Um, what do you think? I know for myself, like since January started, it's been really easy to get some routine in place because once Christmas is out of the way, January is a month where there's not that many plans. Yeah. So it, nothing throws you off course. But I think what people don't realize is that the second that life goes, starts getting back to normal, the priority of fitness and training, all that sort of stuff, if it's not already a routine or a habit, the priority slowly starts to, to drop. Um, and we discussed talking about accountability. That's where accountability kind of comes in, and we need to start thinking about being a bit more disciplined and holding ourselves to yeah. our goals. Yeah, basically what I say to my people, like sometimes you need to do it, even if you don't want to do it. So just go. You said it before about like the turning up as you would for work, didn't you? Yeah, like it's... exactly. Like be professional. <laughs> That's my word. Be professional. You go to work and then. You, you can say, oh, you, know, you, should, you should work. You can say, no, I don't want to go because you, you go because you want the money at the end of the month, yeah. basically. But then look at fitness and they say, well, you want this improvement at the end of the month. This is just this is just a really good topic. And so you're familiar with Maslow, Maslow's uh, hierarchy mm-hmm. of needs. I guess going to work is something that people do because they want the security of uh, the financial financial security from a wage. And in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like all of your needs at the bottom are around security and food and mm-hmm. um, and all of that sort of stuff and health. So we turn up to work regardless of whether we feel like we want to or not, because we know that we need income to be able to get a lot of the things that you need to be secure and safe. Exactly. But health is one of your primary needs. It as should well. be because if you got everything, but you don't have health, how are you going to enjoy all the other things? And I guess without your health too, all of a sudden the ability to go to work so that you can satisfy the other needs in the hierarchy is limited. Because if you're if you don't look after your health and you end up, I don't know, in and out of hospital because you've not you've not exercised, so I don't know whatever outcome of that has been, like for some heart disease or something like that. If you don't look after your health and then you can't work, then you lose the, the ability to keep yourself secure with finance anyway. Exactly. But for whatever reason, we prioritize work and financially becoming stable but we don't always prioritize training exercise nutrition when in reality those are the things that enable us to work uh, at a good standard yeah exactly i I always have these for example i went to work yesterday and i left home at 6 a.m and i go home at 12 at night so i i i felt tired after work and i said i'm not gonna go hockey training but I say I'm gonna go because if I was okay to go to work I'm, I'm okay to enjoy things that I like so say I'm gonna go 
and I, and I went and I was tired, but while when I got there, I started playing, it was fine. So it's just making the effort to go, like I say, going to and try. And when you start, you feel better afterwards and it's yeah. worth it. 100%. It's that. It is the whole work as well. In a lot of cases, work is something that you do because you have to, not because you necessarily want to. This will be different for different people. All right, enough. Um, yeah, this will be different for different people. Some people really love going to work. But for, for a lot of people, especially those that are on here now or maybe watching back, there'll be a lot that works all right. It's not horrendous, but it's not something that they do for themselves. Like, whereas exercise training um sport or whatever it is usually are things that you do for you so if you're prioritizing getting to work and making sure you do that then why would you then not do the things afterwards that you do for your own benefit i think that's the that's the, the noise yeah yeah i think that's the problem yeah. again anyone watching at the moment guys if you want if you have any input or any questions on this Feel free to drop them in the comments because we're, we're literally just making this up as we go along. We don't have a topic of conversation to follow. So we're happy to veer off in whatever direction. If you've got something you want to add and we can talk about it, that's cool too. So I'm going to throw a question here. Huh? Go on, throw me, throw me a question. I'm going to throw you to the lions. Um, what do you do to hold yourself accountable? You have to throw me to the lions, aren't you? Um, so... So hold myself accountable. I mean, I used Instagram a little bit for this, but I, <laughs> yes, I used Instagram for it a little bit. But yeah, no, I have I have a journal right here, and every single every single evening, I map out what my next day is going to look like, and I have three primary tasks that I have to complete every day. I know exactly what days I'm going to be training, um, and I know exactly what I'm going to train on what days now. Um, so that kind of helps hold me accountable, but I also have um, a pod with some of the guys from the mentorship that I'm in. And every morning and every evening, I pop in there like, okay, I'm going to achieve this, this, and this today. And then when it gets later on, I will be like, well, okay, I did X, Y, and Z sort of thing. So I have a few different tools to keep me accountable. What about you? I use my diary. I plan everything. I plan on Sundays what I'm going to do more or less the during the week then as i say it's a plan a plan is a living thing sometimes things change so if i have to move something from one day to another day i just moved it and that's what i do basically i adapt yeah the things but i don't took it off and i don't do it if i i find a way to do it because if i say i'm gonna do this first i want to be accountable hold myself accountable against myself yeah. and then if for example if i tell you oh, should we do this or I'm going to do this. So, you know, for example, my girlfriend knows. So, so I want to do it because I want to be a person that you does what says. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I use that tool too. I, te I say, I tell, so I tell somebody, I'm going to do this. So I'll do it. It's a weird thing that I know because when you tell somebody that you're going to do something and you follow through with it, it almost it, internally and subconsciously it helps you develop more self-confidence and more trust in yourself that you can actually yeah. achieve things whereas if you're somebody that likes the idea of doing something for example this is not an attack uh, anyone is watching now or afterwards but if the, if the shoe fits feel free to wear it if you've told yourself year on year that you're going to lose weight and it gets to january you go right okay i promise this year i'm going to do it and you don't do it and then it happens again, and then it happens again. 
there's one or two problems here. Either the pathway that you're following is not right and it's not actually a solution to the problem, or you're just not following through on what you said and not doing the things that you need to do in order to get there. Basically, you're making excuses. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not taking responsibility for your own progress. Correct. But if that happens more than more than once in a row, you then start to lose self-trust, self-confidence, because all you're doing is continuously proving to yourself that you're not capable of doing what you said you're going to do. Yeah, it's you know like I mean? setting, setting yourself to fail. Yeah. Let's say it that way. You already know you're gonna fail. Yeah, because you've you've done it over and over and over before, and not actually followed through on it. So exactly, there's not as much meaning behind the goal either. Because if every time you start again in January and go, right, <clears throat> this is the year I'm gonna get in shape this year, if you've said that four years previously and not achieved it yet, you kind of saying it half-assed because you like the idea of it, but you're not actually gonna follow through on it. No, that's you another know? thing that happens a lot. We start something and then we find problems or we cannot follow through and it's just, we just quit. Mm. And then we got in this, I start again, this problem I come, make an excuse, quit. So instead of taking responsibility, you say, okay, this is happening all the time. What can I do different? That's the thing. What can I do different? Can I ask someone? Uh, can I hold myself accountable from, I don't know. Uh, sorry, from, not from, uh, doing something else, like having a diary, a calendar, mix, for example. On the same kind of exactly, getting to a group. To, yeah. I don't know, it's just, instead, we just say, no, that's not for me. I'll try again next month. And we always wait for Mondays to start, new month to start, next year to start, after this. Wait for like a, a yeah. specific notable yeah. fresh start kind of point though and then we don't move forward because we don't basically say i did this last year it didn't work so okay what can i change yeah and then reassess but we keep changing we keep repeating the same patterns or we keep doing changing completely the thing we were doing yeah we're not gonna get because it's like you i want to go in that direction and then i can get to, this, to the point I want to go. Then I'm going to go to the other point, which is down there. So I'm not going to move forward. There's no, one of the primary problems is there's no reflection on why something didn't work last time. Exactly. They just ignore it and then try some, like you say, they ignore the fact that it didn't work and either try the same thing again and hope that this time it will be different or do something totally different instead of actually like, I mean, I'm not going to go into slate in the slimming world here, even though it's freaking stupid, but if, if you were to do something like that one year and then it didn't work and the next year you swapped and decided you were going to count calories and then that didn't work, you, you've you not actually looked at the problem, the, the root cause of the problem. So both of those tools will work to some extent, one better than the other, calorie, cal calorie calculating and counting is using actual data, whereas the SIM system's a lot of shy, it doesn't really mean anything. Mm -hmm. um, but... If you go, if you try one and it doesn't work, and then you try another and it doesn't work, in, instead of just going to try the next thing, which might be keto or intermittent fasting or whatever other shit, instead of just going on to try the next thing, you need to actually look at why it didn't work in the first place. So if you were tracking calories and it didn't work, did you actually track them accurately? Was it too hard to do? Did you set your calories too low? 
was it your own self-discipline that was a problem? It's that sort of stuff. That's when it comes to be responsible. Like, it didn't work. So you blame that the slimming world didn't work. You blame that calorie counting didn't work. Yeah. You blame that keto diet didn't work. You but you don't think that about... It doesn't work for me. No, it is your responsibility. Yeah. You are the one who make to, needs to make it work. Does it make sense? So, I say we blame the other things, but hang on a minute. What have you been doing wrong? Yeah. That's it the thing. Might not even be that actual thing itself that's no. not been working. Like, if you've been, if your sleep's all over the place and you're fucked all the time and you're trying to track your calories every day, but your energy's on its ass, yeah. obviously it's going to be hard because you're not looking after your, uh, your energy levels. No, exactly. That's the thing. We blame the others. And even if it's not your fault, like you say, it's slimming work fault because it does. Is based, I don't know on what. Yeah. So it's your responsibility to deal with it and make it work. So, okay. So, what can I do to improve this? What? That's the problem. Maybe the problem is me. You know for a fact, if you, if you put yourself into the ideal amount of calories and you nail your protein goal, if you disciplined yourself and nailed that absolutely bang on for even a few weeks, if your goal was to get leaner, and you nail that for a few weeks, you will get leaner. If you absolutely nail it and you give it everything, there is no physical way that that wouldn't happen. The problem is not the calories and the protein. The problem is you actually adhering to it and all of the other things that contribute towards adhering to it. Exactly. Yeah. That's with my head in mind. You throw it. See if that works. Um, so, yes. The problem usually when it comes to these kind of different things, again, it comes down to accountability and holding yourself to account and taking responsibility. But you always have to look internally at these kind of things. Like if, prime example, I know for a fact if somebody works with me or works with you and they follow exactly what they needed to do to the absolute T every single day, they would get the most optimal result that they possibly could in the fastest time that it was feasible. However, that's not realistic because it doesn't take into account emotions, stress, life factors. Um, the fact that sometimes going to sleep at a good time and getting the sleep that you need doesn't always, it doesn't always happen. It's not black and white. Yeah. But until you actually take time to reflect on the things that are not serving you and are not pushing you closer towards your goal, you can't just blame the dieting method that you're following exactly. because there's too many other factors to look at. Maybe even the dieting Thing. maybe it's the, the your emotions yeah that moving you and you don't know how to understand them or how to deal with them mm. so maybe you maybe to need to do it internally yeah then yeah. when it comes to self-control yeah it, it sounds silly doesn't it? but for for some people like the first point of call is not a diet it's a therapist yeah. <laughs> like it's 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 understanding yourself and your emotions yeah. first and getting them really clear so that you've got a better foundation to then control the other things yeah i think that's a big thing and also as we say always if you're a very emotional person that gets lived by it's a, yeah emotion. so uh, what happens if for example somebody tells you oh you're obsessed with the gym now oh i don't want to eat that it's only once have a pizza yeah come on have 10 come on it's only once yeah 
I would love to hide it if I didn't have it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah, it, it's then staying on track, isn't it? Like because other people, that's another factor that yeah. that is thrown in. It's the community and your environment around you, um, that does play a part as well. But it comes down to that accountability versus and, and taking responsibility over excuses, doesn't it? Like self control, I think, is one important thing. Like, for example, tools that I use to apply self control to myself. For example, if I want to like go really, or I'm gonna go out of the diet, or well, let's say diet. I don't diet basically. If you if you change what you're doing, yeah, basically, I'm gonna change it. Or if like like I say, um, I go on holidays. Let's say I go on holidays. I'm the same person. I'm the same gaps. Okay. I don't need to eat a lot of rubies when I'm on holidays because I'm on holidays. It's holiday time. So I'm the same person. So, okay, I know I'm on holidays. I make three myself, but to a certain extent. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like every single. It's not, how do you say, like free pass? Everything is allowed because I'm on holiday. So, yes. Of course, um, I'm gonna eat these kind of things. I wanna treat myself, but I know where my limit is to don't lose all the progress I have done. For example, so let's say uh, my friend is eating, I don't know, let's say like 10 Kinder Buenos in three days. Okay? And I love Kinder Buenos, but I can eat, I know that the right thing to do for me is eating one or two. Because if not, all the progress I did for the last week or is gonna be thrown away a little bit, or I'm gonna lose I'm gonna lose this inertia, you know, this how do you say You're gonna lose the, 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 the momentum. Uh, yeah. That's the word, yeah. That's the momentum. I'm gonna lose the momentum. I had a stroke, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you lose the momentum and then it's difficult to go back to where you were before. Because you start to get into the habit yeah, of, of get, getting out, yeah, getting yeah, out, yeah. getting out, and then you get out once, then you get out twice, and then when you realize, you created a habit of, I want to have one every day. I think as well, when people like think about habits, if, if you read books on habits, like um, Atomic Habits by James Clear and all these other kind of things, we're under this impression that once we've, like there's that like thing that it takes 20 odd days to form a new habit or something like that. But I think what people are under the impression of is that once you've like done it for a bit, you miraculously just do that forever then without having to think about it. For example, eating a good amount of protein every day. But it's something you still have to consciously practice in order for it to remain a habit. Like it's not like you just, the, the difference is when something becomes a habit, it feels weird when you're not doing it. Totally. But it still takes effort to actually do it. Whereas the things that draw you back into your comfort zone usually take less effort in the first place. High palatable foods such as Kinder Buenos, um, things such as not going to the gym. Like if you get into the habit of not going to the gym, that's really a really easy habit to get into because in order to not go to the gym, you have to just do nothing. Yeah, it's it's the reward. Yeah. You do nothing, you get your reward. Whereas to get to the gym to train, that takes a little bit more effort. And if you do it long enough, it gets to the point where if you don't go, that's when you feel weird and that's when it becomes a habit. But that doesn't mean that you still don't have to put the effort in and make sure you plan and hold yourself accountable to go. That makes sense, doesn't it? Makes sense, yeah. Um, even habits that you don't necessarily think are bad habits, like 
if you start to have, I, I can give you an example from my own experience this last week. So I've got a little bit of ice cream in the freezer and my calories have been absolutely bang on the money for the, for the past week. And a little bit of ice cream equates to about 300 calories and I've had space to put that in. So I had it once at the beginning of the week. Do you know what I've done every single day since then? <laughs> Same time every day, I've been like, ah, oh, I've got 300 calories left. If it, that ice cream fitted it on Monday, I'll have it again. So it's slowly, because it's just such an easy thing oh, to right. make, it tastes nice. Oh, I want to introduce you here. Yeah, what yeah. is easier? Saying no to the second ice cream or going and room for an hour? Exactly, exactly, yeah. It's far easier to um, not have the ice cream yeah but your brain is telling you i want the ice cream because it makes me feel good yeah running yeah. is horrible yeah it's hard. <laughs> yeah no exactly so yeah you're totally right so it's, it's choosing it's choosing the things that are soothing that ice cream it's obviously something that's that's soothing to the mind like my brain's like oh that'll taste nice i'll feel good after i've eaten it whereas i know that i would feel like that for going for a run i mean i'm not about to start going for a run instead of finishing my last 300 calories but you're totally right that would achieve exactly the same feeling of like happiness, but it takes more effort to do. Yeah, because it's cold outside, I need to move, so I'm gonna have to spend energy, and your body wants energy, I'm yeah, yeah. at home, having an ice cream. Yeah. I suppose in, in a sense, like this, this is how easy it is to get caught up in making excuses as well. You know, I was just about to say, in a sense, it doesn't matter that much because it fits well within the calories I'm eating every day anyway. Um, and there is a decent amount of protein in there. However, if I start getting into a habit of doing that every single day, there are 10, maybe not 10,000, but there are hundreds of foods that would serve a way better purpose. And if I take my calories a little bit lower and I still put that in there, I'm going to start feeling hungry because the nutritional value of the food that I'm eating is not as good. So all of a sudden then I've got a problem in that I'm trying to fit shit food into low calories which will lead to me being hungry, which will lead to me wanting more food. And then all of a sudden, you can say bye to the deficit and the progress mm -hmm. because you've over-restricted eating rubbish food and it's the habit has then become something that's causing you a problem. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about that topic for a long time. Yeah, right? I know, yeah, it's a big topic. So yeah, how do you, let's go back to the main thing that we were saying. Uh, how do you practice self-control? My environment is a huge thing for self-control um, from a food perspective. So if my environment's structured correctly, um, I find it a lot easier to stick within what I should be consuming. Hi, Claire. Um, again, guys, if you're on here and you want to input into this or ask questions, fire away. We're more than happy to, uh, to kind of jam with everyone because we are just making this up as we go along. But yeah, in terms of self-control from, from me, in with my food, I only buy food in that I know is going to be benefit us. The ice cream is from Christmas, um, hence why it's still there. But once that's gone, I won't buy anymore because I know if the food's there and I can just go and pick at it and it's easy, I will. Mm -hmm. So in order to create more, more control, if I control what I have access to, I don't have to, I don't have to have self-control around food because there's no food there that's not going to benefit me, if that makes sense. Yeah, so basically you facilitate your your journey basically your yeah to achieve your goal mind. like it's like when the book you said before make it easy for yourself yeah there's a implement habits that make it in that book yeah. and it talks about your environment I, and i explained this in one of the workshops around with my around with my clients 
if you if your environment isn't catered out for you to succeed, it's it's the equivalent of swimming uphill. Like you're just putting things in front of yourself that are going to make it harder for you to achieve yep. your goals. So yeah, that's how I how I go about self control. What about you? I basically do those kind of things. You come to my house, you won't see. It's just pineapples and dates in it, mate. Yeah, pineapples, <laughs> dates, fruit, fresh meat, fresh fish, rice, red potatoes, all the kind of potatoes, vegetables a lot. If I try to avoid processed food. Mm-hmm. So, eggs, loads of eggs. Here's a good question for you. How would you go about it if you lived close to several takeaways? Restrict yourself to one takeaway a week, for example. You can, or two, or try to choose the healthiest takes away. I, I would, in that scenario, plan out all of my food in advance and basically incorporate that kind of stuff in if I if I wanted it um but I think with stuff like that it is literally a case of I mean you can go down the route of deleting just the and all of your other apps that make it easy delete the phone numbers throw all the takeaway menus away and just remove them how you would feel if you don't have it if you like them you would feel like you're in jail so if as you say that was a good call Mm. if you plan in advance your meals for example you're going to count yeah, yeah. you can account to put one in there oh, I say use how one or two as a reward of not having them every day move yeah just move out there <laughs> love that <laughs> solid <laughs> I don't really think of that um but yeah it, it, like Gab says if you can if you can account it in because you don't want to completely remove it if it's something that you do enjoy from time to time I guess the other thing as well, you can we can delve down so many different paths with this, but a lot of this journey is an identity change. It's becoming a different person. There it goes. So, <laughs> so I suppose if you want to go really deep on this, what you have to really get good at doing is building that self-awareness around what benefit is actually going to serve you. I'm going to give you some homework. That's going to be fun. Think about who are you? Or who you want to be. So as you said, the question, who, are, who am I? And well, try to reply. That's right. Sim Sima. I'm not the keys to my dinner. Yeah. Who am I? <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny. Similar. When you as you said that, we always come with answers like, oh, and gaps. I'm an a personal trainer. This is some um, personal trainer. Yeah. Uh, no. You can go deeper there. Hmm. And then you will find, okay, I'm this person now and I want to be this person. So I'm this person that has takeaway. I'm not saying nothing against you, Claire. I don't know how many takeaways you have. Not judging here. She's under my watchful eye, so not that many. (laughs) (laughs) But for example, if somebody, like, if I'm someone that has a lot of takeaways during the week and I want to be somebody that is healthier, so I will try to avoid those takeaways. So I will say, okay, I want to change my identity from a takeaway person to a somebody that has no takeaway person, let's say either way, make it simple. And then I say, okay, this no takeaway person will have this takeaway today. No. So, okay, I don't have it. It's like the action you're going to do is going to take it closer yeah. to the identity that you wish to have. That's, yeah. that's how I would look to at it. To frame that in another way, yeah. imagine, imagine you were. <laughs> It, it, oh, love it. She doesn't have any, just throwing questions out there. That's my girl. I love that. 
Um, but to, to frame this in a slightly different way, I'm not necessarily translating it because what you said is bang on right. It's just different people think in different ways. Imagine you are already the imagine you were already the person that you want to be. So you've already hit your goal, you've built the muscle, you've got into an incredible shape, lost any weight, all of that kind of stuff. Imagine you've already got there. Now, what would you have to do in order to keep that? Because you didn't want to go back to where you started from. Because that's the person that you need to be now. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, next question. How would you turn stress into motivation? If that makes sense. Kind of does make sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, stress into motivation. I will say change the perspective of how you look at those things that creating stress because maybe it's you creating the stress. It's how the interpretation mm-hmm. that you give to that thing. Vouch for that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I suppose into, it depends where it's coming from, like what the cause of this. Yeah, the meaning you give into it. Does it make sense? Mm. So take it as a chance to improve. Or... It, yeah, oh, nail on the head. So yeah, essentially, like you're you want to turn an obstacle in a, into an opportunity. So right. it's the way that you frame the stress. So whatever it is that you have going on right now, instead of thinking of it as something that easy, might be all right. Lad. <laughs> Instead of thinking of it as something that is going to set you backwards and stop you from being able to achieve what you want to achieve, you need to think of it as, okay, this shit, this situation is a little bit shit, but how can I make the most of it and grow and develop the most I possibly can as a person? Yeah? Yeah. So... I like how you translate yeah. my things. <laughs> you, you just spark my brain and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that's bang on. Yeah, why my brain is called Ignite, because I ignite people. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, so yeah, essentially, Cody, what you want to start doing is thinking about, it's really easy to, to let a stressful situation, um, again, don't take this as an attack, but it's really easy to let a stressful situation turn you into a victim of your own situation um, and start to make excuses as to why your situation is preventing you from making uh, from, from getting results. But what you could do instead is, let's say, for example, I'm just going to throw a really random thing out there. Let's imagine you lose your job. It's awful, right? Okay, it's really stressful. You lose that security. And what you could do is go, oh, well, life's really unfair. I can't believe I lost my job. That's that's not fair. Um, And you could sit at home and eat, eat a load of food to make you feel better and stop exercising and basically mope around. Alternatively, you could go, right, okay, I lost my job. Why did I lose my job? Is it Was it my fault? Was it their fault? Okay, now I have an opportunity to potentially go out and get a job that I prefer. I've got time that I can work on myself. And all of a sudden, that stressful situation becomes an opportunity to upskill, to make sure that you're best, the best possible person that you can be. And who knows, maybe then the next job that you go and get is going to be way better suited to you because you put time and effort into yourself because your energy is better, your fitness is better, and you've used the gap in the middle to get as physically fit and as healthy as you possibly can in mentally and physically. Does that make sense? Yeah. So how many times you've been stressed? And I bet you every time you've been stressed, you have survived to those stress. Yeah. Because you will come out better than before. Stress is an opportunity to grow. Yeah. But try to manage it, like looking at it as an opportunity instead of a punishment. Obviously. Yeah, an obstacle. I would say that. Love that. Does that make sense? Let us know in the comments because otherwise we've just been like blabbering mm-hmm. away uh, in hope that it's helpful. And again, yeah. if anyone else wants to 
fire some questions in there. I don't know this. This was me firing questions somewhere. Throw them in. We'll, uh, we'll get back to them. I think, yeah, I, I see that. Like, if, for example, let's talk about this stress thing, because stress is a, a big problem in this society. Like, mm -hmm. in your stress, your body goes into fight or flight mode. That's what you call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, basically, your body goes into, into a state that prepares you to run or to fight. So spikes, everything is on fire. And you, for example, sometimes what happens in society is we are stressed, sat on a chair, yeah. we're not moving. So yeah, we basically, there is a book that I read a long time ago and it's really good. It's called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. Zebras. Zebras, zebras, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You, you pronounce weird. You yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, basically, it, it goes through a lot of things that stress causes, creates all the problems and everything. And it's really interesting. It's very hard to read. Like it's very dense and for too many ages. But it's really interesting. I, as you see the response in your body and everything. Basically, if you don't understand or learn to deal with your stress, it can grow provoke a lot of bad things in your body yeah it affects your immune response and everything yeah. if i said here what about meditation that's good but Kyle, what do you consider meditation is what do you think is meditation what how can you explain briefly what how do you meditate or what would you do it for well while she because, explains it oh god no because i think some uh, some people think my uh, i don't know some people say meditation is you just sit down and think about things or you just do a noise or breathe and things like that. So I want you to tell me. Journaling breathing techniques. Mm -hmm. Okay, what if I tell you that meditation is learning to focus and being present? The other thing that I would kind of add to that is meditation is almost like a an external thing that temporarily temporarily holds stress at bay, but it doesn't get to the root of the problem, like if that makes sense. It's like putting a – it's something that you need to do proactively to prevent stress from occurring, but it's not as useful like once stress is – I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm going to explain my journey with meditation, okay? When I started, I said, well, Okay, and all these thoughts come to your head, and it's a bloody mess. You think about something, and then something is gone, something is gone, and it's a bloody mess. So then I got my journal. So if I thought that keeps repeating in my head, I wrap it down. So it disappears. It's not here. Here, I enjoy what I'm doing now. And it, as you can see, when meditation, they, they tell you to focus in your breathing. So they basically leaving the focus, which is the biggest thing in your body, the biggest, I will say, I said um, currency, let's say focus. If, if, if I go on Instagram and I get your attention, yes, yeah, so yeah. it's attention, focus, basically, it's the same, isn't it? It's yes. like a synonym. Yeah. So if I tell you, put your attention and your breathing, you're already being present because you're breathing now. So you're focusing this. Yeah. You're internalizing your your thought processes to something that, you, that is within your control, really, aren't you? Yeah. Rationalizing the irrational. So writing down mental thoughts, everyone, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, essentially that's that's kind of what yeah. you're yeah, saying. Yeah, that's what I was saying. So that's correct. But 
So people just sit down and think, oh, I'm going to meditate for five minutes. So they just sit. <laughs> and just sit in silence for five minutes going, Osa. <laughs> Which, to be fair, that, that just doing that once would be nice. Um, but yeah, that, I think I think with things like that, there's loads of different tools in there to deal with it. And meditation and journaling do help with, with combating stress. Um, but once you've done that and you go back into life if there's something going on in the background that is really stressful it's not going to go away from i want to say that some people may date and get more stressed than yeah because they start thinking more than what they have to do yeah it's like it's like the job the job situation that i talked about sitting and meditating will help calm your thoughts and stop the anxiety from kicking in a little bit it gives you clarity yeah opinion yes but you would still feel stressed about the fact that you had no job if that was the situation. So your best possible means of preventing yourself feeling that way is to take action on it mm -hmm. and resolve it. Because I think with for a lot of for a lot of people, um, stress and anxiety are similar kind of feelings, right? So for a lot of people, they create their own stress and anxiety by taking too long to take action on something that you need to do. Yeah, just going with. A memory from a, something I, I heard once. It's like when something happens to me and I feel stressed or anxious about it, instead of asking why is this happening to me, they say, he say, change the question to what for? What do I need to learn? Yeah. Why is it worrying you? Yeah. yeah. Because you, there's obviously some information missing or you've not done something that you should have done. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that's, that's quite a, a common one. Um, so it, I guess it is a case of taking action on what it is that you need to take action on in order to get to the root cause of the problem. We've gone down a rabbit hole here, man. Yeah, we always do. <laughs> so uh, again, to bring it back to to bring it back to um, the room, I've just been slowly getting further and further off camera. I'm still here. Um, to bring it back to the room again, guys. If you're watching this, drop some input in the comments. We're quite happy to jam about questions and queries that any of you might have because i've said a few times now we don't plan these we just sit and jam out some ideas and yeah and the, what about. we say is no because me or sam say it is right maybe we're wrong too so we're just giving our point of view basically yeah. uh, how we deal with it and yeah so just an opinion based uh, yeah. chat i mean there's going to be a lot of there'll be a lot of things that you can take away from this because we are well we are well qualified um, but at the same time there will be some things that we do that are maybe not necessarily yeah useful for other people I think every day is a school day yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I, I think that do you know what that's just triggered another thought process another path that we can look down especially in january as you said before we started this podcast what was the saying that you said there is in Spain? Everyone knows everything about football, politics, and and medicine, and Amazing. you can add fitness to that now as well. Yeah. So, especially uh, go to protein products. Products Cody, really easy on that. I just use Clear Away. Just Clear Away, isolate like whatever it may be, my protein, wherever you want to get it from. Again, depending on what your your goal of your journey is, that's a very 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 minuscule thing to have to worry about. Um, yeah. Like. That's like building a house and worrying about what colour of paving slab you're going to put on the back for the... Just make sure you reach your protein goal. It doesn't matter how. Yeah, as long as you hit the target, whatever you like to eat. Um, but yeah, so as I was saying, like in January, when everyone starts this new fitness journey, what tends to happen is 
you get this abundance of information on social media and with what everybody's doing. And all of a sudden, everyone's an expert on getting in shape for a month. Yeah. When in reality, the best thing that you can do um, and what I've kind of learned from experience, especially with running, running a business, because I used to think that I everything that I did was right until I got a mentor and then realized that there was easier, easier ways to do things. But the best thing that you can do is be really open-minded to learning more and questioning everything that you do learn on a basis that even what me and Gabs are saying right right now, there is no backing behind question, it. Question it. Question it, yeah. Question everything. If if we if we tell you something, like you're probably sat there listening, if you are listening, thinking, oh, these guys know their stuff. There's nothing to say that we've just talked absolute shit for half an hour. We haven't, but there's nothing to say that we haven't. Regarding protein, would you personally rather get it from food sources or products? I use Clearway too, but it adds calories. Um, what's your opinion on this? You you go first then, Al. Ooh, my opinion, better for food, for real food, because it's got more things than just protein. And you need to look at food like it's a matrix, it's a compound of things. Does it make sense? Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. But it's, if you cannot reach your protein goal, then it's it's just a supplement yeah it's a very i don't think that's a black and again it's not a black and white yeah. answer is it it's i use supplements because my daily protein target is 170 grams and it's really expensive to get that in with chicken <laughs> or whatever other foods whereas the protein shake that i have it's got 27 grams in and i have three a day it works out 75p per serving but then i'll still have three or four really good quality meals in between that that have got new a good nutritional value. So I'm still getting good nutrients in. But if your calories are lower, then it might be more worthwhile to get it in through food, like Gab says, because you, when you think of food, it's not just the macronutrients that are important, it's the vitamins and all of the, the stuff in there as well. How they interact between the cells, there's interaction between foods. So yeah. it helps. So in short, if you can get it in through food, do. If, if you, you struggle, add, yeah, add supplements in. Um, yeah, Claire, it's just a clear way. Um, I can send you the link to the one that I get if you want. It tastes well good. Um, I get mine from a Northern Ireland company because my coach uh, introduced it to me and it's ridiculously good. But the downside is that with the 27 grams of protein in it, it comes with 110 calories, but it makes it really easy to get a calorie target. Uh, to get my protein target here. Uh, so where were we? Oh, I'm lost. We're talking about being a, an expert on fitness in January and being open-minded to oh, yeah, learn, yeah, right? Yeah, we landed back. Yeah. Can you remember when you first started training? I was so scared. I always see all these guys doing this. I didn't know what to do. Well, I didn't advise anybody, that's the thing. Yeah. I was like open-minded so every. Like I got a lot of confusing information in my, at the beginning. Mm. Somebody was saying, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to eat a lot. And that's it. From your experience, were the people that were giving you that information, were they just telling you pretty much what they did? Were they kind of relaying what they did onto you? Like, oh, I do this. You want to do that? Was it that kind of thing? Yes. But it comes to, like, if you see somebody that's bigger than you, and when you're a kid that's 18 years old and you only want to be bigger because you have skinny arms, yeah. that man is the biggest one. He should know what to do. So I'm going to go to him yeah. and ask him, or, or I'm going to try to make 
Oh, right. Yeah. You make friends. I used to do the little thing I need. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only reason I asked is because that's such a common thing in gym environments. And I think sometimes, I mean, you guys watching this can correct me if this is wrong. If anyone's quite new to the gym, it's less intimidating to ask somebody that is in a similar position as you are than it is to ask somebody that is kind of qualified in the area, I think. So what I see a hell of a lot of on social media, especially, is like a like a trail of people that all follow each other. But nobody, like the only qualification anyone has is someone's made a little bit more progress than someone else. Mm -hmm. So the information that gets passed across is just, oh, well, I did this and this works. Hence why Slimming World's huge, because you get people that succeeded losing weight on that. And it's not because the system that they have is phenomenal. It's just because those people probably chose really well what they were eating without realizing and oh, lost weight. And because it's very popular because it's a lazy way to get. Yeah, it, it simplifies things. So what you end up getting then is people relaying information across. Thanks, <laughs> Claire. Um, relaying information across, but it's not necessarily correct information. And it's not necessarily useful for the person that's receiving. Exactly. And if you ask them, how do you do it? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you did this? Yeah. Why, why was it? Guys. Why was it? I don't know. Come here, eat a lot, and enter it hard. That's it. How do you find accurately how much protein slash calories you need to lose weight? Ooh. That's okay. a good question, but at, I would say that you never know accurately. Because the best way to achieve your calories, there are formulas I touch in also to calculate your calories. Let's say you got these formulas, you can track for like two weeks, see what's happening with your weight. Okay. If your weight goes up, that means that you're eating more calories than you should. If your weight goes down, you're eating less calories than you need. If your weight remains basically stable, that's your basically. But it changes. And if and, you track yeah. for two weeks and that's what happens with your weight, you have to be absolutely certain that you've been tracking 100% accurately for that time. Everything. Period. And also, food, when you track, comes with already an error, you know, because they say yeah. an average macros in the bag, so the calories are an average. But maybe, let's say we get like a ready meal. If you actually uh, examine both ready meals, Maybe one's got 500 calories and the one has got 300 calories. Yeah. And it's supposed to be the same. Yeah. There's a lot of there. So there's an error, like they say between 20, 27, error, I don't know, between 20 and 30% error. So, but if you always do the same error, you can correct that. You know, mm -hmm. you make it positive instead of being negative. You just, they say that way. I, th I think with something like that, you're, you're always, if you're using an equation, you're always finding a rough, ballpark figure to yeah. work with to begin with um with with protein protein's a little bit easier because generally speaking um the american college of science and medicine recommends 1.2 to 1.7 grams per kilogram of body weight so that's quite an easy figure to to throw in so if you struggle with protein start at the lower end um and then just work on trying to add more in to get higher we, this is a again a rabbit hole subject because we can we can explore this in loads of different ways if, for example, you've set your calories at something like something ridiculous, like 1,200, which is really, really low, and you're not losing weight, the chances are 
it's not because the calories are too low. It's because you're not tracking the calories accurately or the food that you're choosing. It might be that you're tracking some food, but then on a weekend you're going out and, and splurging and that's writing off any deficit you've created. Mm-hmm. So whereas I think when you're on a journey of weight loss in particular, people get like in, caught up in this restriction cycle where they take away and they take away and they take away and they take away. When in reality, what you need to kind of start thinking about is, okay, what do I actually need to add to continue progressing? Do I need to move more? Do I need to start adding some resistance-based training? Can I increase my can I increase my protein intake so that the food that I'm eating is better quality? Can I increase how much how many vegetables I'm eating? Instead of simply looking at, right, okay, I'm having 1200 calories, I'm not losing weight, I must have to take more away. Because eventually you'll get to a point where there's fuck all food left and you are literally sitting there thinking, why am I not losing weight? My calories are so low, like weight should be falling off me, but it's not. And, and then you blame yourself. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. You blame in, take responsibility. Yeah. yeah. And get out of the restriction mindset. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have to restrict some things. To That's called balanced diet for a reason, because you need to balance it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So use an equation, get a ballpark figure, but then think to yourself, how can I make this as effective as possible? Can I add more movement? Can I add some training? Can I increase my protein? Can I increase the quality of food that I'm eating? I always say, take it easy. Do the bare minimum to make an improvement and then keep adding, keep adding. Yeah. Continue. Next thing, next thing. That's it. Instead let's of trying say, to do a thousand things at once. So let's say you are very restricted for three days. Awesome. Go out and treat yourself because you deserve it. So it makes more sustainable. It makes mm. makes it fun. Yeah, that's it. Also worthwhile. Um, whilst we're on the topic of of like losing weight and whatnot, that again, when you're when you're on that kind of journey, it can be quite easy to marry yourself up to what the scale is telling you. Now, there's a lot of variables that will change what the scale says. Like I I see so many people saying like having a weigh day which is fine but all of that day is, is giving you some data for example that weigh day if you had more carbs the day before your weight will naturally be a little bit higher on that day regardless of what you've done through the week mm-hmm. if you're a girl and you happen to come on that week your weight will be higher on that day regardless of what you did that week so your weight's probably going to be up and down and all over the place regardless of whether you stayed on track or not, it is simply just data and you're looking for a downward trend over a long duration of time. So I I see a hell of a lot of meaning being put on that single figure every single week and it comes with so much emotional attachment. Oh, I put a pound on. Oh, what a terrible week. But in reality, you might just, I mean, sorry to be crude, but you might just not have been for a shit that morning and you're getting really upset about the fact, the fact that... About the weight. Yeah. A number. The weight's gone up by a pound. It's gone up, it's gone down. Yeah, it doesn't really mean anything. In what if, if I tell you that everybody knows Arnold Schwarzenegger, he was obese. Yeah. And the standard of society, BMI, he was obese. Yeah, whilst he was competing body, in, in bodybuilding. It's true, isn't it? <laughs> Sweet Todd, I get overwhelmed by food. Uh, elaborate on that a little bit. Um, what do you mean? So always way after a shit. Yeah, ideally, Claire. Um, but even then, there could be so many other factors that are, that are contributing. As like with with weight, you're looking for an overall downward trend over a longer duration of time. 
And if you're focusing on the on the right actions, which I know for a fact that you are, if you focus on the focus on the right actionable steps, that downward trend will occur if you're doing everything right. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, it's a case of right, okay, we look at everything that is going on. What do we need to correct in order to make it start to follow that downward trend again? Simple as that. I'm gonna see you can. Oh, oh, I saw you my way graphic, how it changes a lot. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like this. If you were to weigh yourself every day at exactly the same time and then average that out, that's probably a slightly more um, accurate way of doing it. But you, I would not suggest doing that if you've got a real emotional attachment to the scale because then every day, like you, you're going to let the weight, the scale um, ruin your mood every day that it's gone up. Is that what yours, yours That's mine, yeah. I'm sure you know. Ah, yeah, class. That's in a year. My weight in a year. How it moves. Yeah, there we go. And they see it. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, it's it's all over the place. It's oops, down, oops. Yeah. You're never going to have a linear straight line from start to finish. Like that's never going to be the case. And realistically, if I ask everyone that has ever said to me they want to lose weight, the reason is never because they like the number at the end of it. Mm -hmm. It's always to feel better, to look better, to wear clothes that I like. So really, it's not the weight that you want to lose. So it's the body fat. You're not looking for a number. You're looking for how you feel. Yeah, you're looking for a feeling. Yeah. So if you're looking for a feeling and you find that when you step on the scale and the number's gone up, you feel terrible, you're kind of making it harder to feel happy. So let's, you remember we were talking about stress before. Mm. Instead of looking at a number that if it doesn't go, if it doesn't go down, will it stress you while don't focus on changing the perspective. Let's get stronger. Let's get healthier. Let's eat better every day. So then eventually you will reach that goal without noticing and with in a different from a different perspective, which is more positive and less stressing. Yeah. Yeah, because you've started to focus on things that you're in control of. Exactly. I, I don't care if Sam wants to, let's say, I don't know, how you wait, 72 kilos. Good. He wants to he wants to wait 70. I don't care if he doesn't reach. 70. I don't mind. He is competing against himself. I don't care what the Basams do. Yeah. He's the one who is to put effort. He's the one who is to be responsible. So if he comes to me, say, okay, guys, this is not working. Oh, how you done? You won't like that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. And like sometimes you, you do have to you do have to really take a look internally and, and see whether it is actually coming from yourself. Oh, I keep nearly blocking people instead of waving. I've blocked anyone, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to wave to everyone. Decent turnout today. So again, guys, if, if you want to if you want to ask anything, we're probably going to wrap up soon because we've yeah. been nearly going for an hour now. Uh, I already asked to elaborate on that. Um, yeah, if you want to ask anything or you want to add anything, feel free because we're literally just jamming through topics that we've kind of just made up on the spot because we don't ever plan these. I think when our big problem with food for some people also is knowing what to cook or how to cook. Or... Yeah, it's the skill of cooking, isn't it? Rather than... So, for example, I tell people like, just get a book with recipes and then adapt them to yourself for yourself or... What do you think of that? I know there advice that we could give to people. Do you know what I? Do you know what I found really useful for that sort of stuff? Um, and a lot of people think that this is an expensive way of doing it, but when you compare it to what you buy in a supermarket, it's not. The Hello Fresh and Gusto stuff 
helps an absolute ton with learning to cook because the recipe cards are already set and the ingredients that you need are already there. Um, is it good to take body measurements? Yes, the more data, the better. Progress photos, body measurements, weight. Um, the, basically, when you're on a journey like this, Cody, you're tracking, you're tracking data to see what's happening. The more data that you have, the easier it is to work out where you're to at. To make changes. Yeah, yeah. Make well, don't get obsessed or with that or don't get upset if you don't like what you see because there's nothing wrong with it yeah and as well with with body measurements bear in mind there'll be some human error week on week because you're going to find it really hard to take a measurement at exactly the same part of your body every single week so as you say it's good to take body measurements if you don't measure how do you know how you improve all that all that kind of stuff's worth measuring like to, to give you, I mean, from my own training, I don't weigh myself really at all. I, I just use photos and I track my actual training um, and make sure that I'm pushing myself in the gym. So I know what my calories are. I make sure that I'm overloading with my workouts. So I'm getting stronger week in, week out. And then I just use photos to monitor my progress because I know for a fact that the, my body weight is going to fluctuate up and down. Like photos are definitely the best player, yeah. Um, because then you get a bit, like let's be honest right who who's on a journey of transformation so that they can tell people what their tape measure of the waist is or tell people what the number on the scale is no like nobody introduces themselves as hi i'm sam and i weigh 12 stone like that's that's really not relevant in life most people's journey is because they want to look and feel healthier so a photo literally shows whether you have improved in how you look that makes sense maybe you used you're improving here yeah because you're more confident you feel more confident because you feel better yeah exactly um so yeah like 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 i said if you focus on the things that you can control more so like tracking training movement all of that sort of stuff you know that you can change that if you need to but with the scale there's only so much that you can do to make that change like it's going to change over time as long as you put the right actions in place but if you set a weight target and put a time frame on it, you're going to find it really hard to hit that target without um, having to maybe move it, especially if you don't really understand what's realistic and what's not. For example, if somebody is realistic to lose 10 pounds in the, in the space of three months, that's an achievable goal. But if you were to say, I want to be 10 pounds lighter by exactly this date, you can do everything possible, but there's no guarantee if you have a bad week or so that it's going to happen. But you can guarantee that you'll be able to do a certain amount of steps, a certain amount of workouts, eat a certain amount of food. And then be disciplined and do it Do it if you don't want to do it. Yeah, because you have control that. Exactly. Best app to track everything. There are lots of them. They're good. I go on app for my people that they can yeah. track things there. Yeah. Me and Gab's both use trainer eyes with our clients, but it's just really good. You, it's something you, you can't use that unless you're a, unless you're willing to pay for it yourself or you're a coach, I guess. Uh, but my fitness pal is good for tracking food. I know some people use NutriCheck. Workout wise, a journal, if you like, pen and paper would work nicely. You can track your measurements in there too. Um, just whatever works for you, yeah. really, isn't it? So my scale is coming with an app. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you really want to, like, realistically, 
pen and paper would work absolutely fine with this. Just find a way to do it. Again, that's probably a little bit of shiny object syndrome, that looking for the perfect way to do something instead of just taking imperfect action on, on it. If you just write down your weight, your hip measurement, your waist measurement, take some photos, keep them in your phone, track your food on my fitness pal and track your workouts in a book. That's a really good starting point. Mm. And if you start doing that like today, that's better than spending a week trying to find the perfect app, not knowing whether you like it or not, because you'll you'll adapt those things as you go. Yeah. And you got this is it's, it's cheaper. You got a, yeah. a notebook and just like things. Yeah. Pen and paper would work absolutely fine, wouldn't it? But there'll be, there'll be tons of apps out there. Oh. Should we wrap up? Yeah, let's land the plane there. So unless anyone has got any other questions, if you do fire them in quick, we're going to land the plane here because we need to save this as a podcast and it's already a, a fair uh, duration long. I don't know what title I'm going to put on this because we've been through some uh, crazy topics. But for everyone that has listened, thank you. I hope you got some use out of it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for your support. I'll see you next time. Yes, have a good day, guys. We'll see you probably this time next week. And then the week after, we can still do it, but I'll be in a different country. Yeah, I know. <laughs> see you later. See you.